Come on, let's love him together. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear God. You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You're the great and the mighty God. You're so holy and so righteous. I give you praise, Heavenly Father. I worship your great glorious name. Thank you, Lord, for your great truth and your mighty power. Maybe a little something with a little life in it would be good. Let's give God a big hand. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen and amen and amen and amen. I thank you, dear God, for the truth of him. Let's worship him, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Touch our hearts this very morning. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We have a Bible this morning. 
turning to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Good to have each and every one of you that's here. Don't get to enjoy the good word of God and the presence of God. Come in these doors, you know you can hang up your hang-ups. Okay? And you can just try to relax in God's presence. Let him minister to your heart. I stepped out on the, I told somebody early this morning, pretty good bit before daylight, I stepped out on the deck of the ship and uh, I had to speak to the storm. Kind of calm it down a little bit in Jesus' name. And uh, I asked the Lord to, around about church time to let everything be all right. You notice the sun is shining. It's not raining. Now, you may not believe in that, but I do. And I got the proof of, proof of the pudding. I mean, it's nice out. <laughs> Amen. All right. Thank you, dear God. Well, I just felt like old Mr. Wind just got a little stirred up. I had to tell him, now, now, calm down a little bit. Take it easy. All right. We're in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Had to do that with a couple of young men this morning, too. I had to get them to calm down a little bit. They were a little bit at odds with one another. And uh, young men are like that. They say boys will be boys. That really could use some defining nowadays, I think. All right, thank God. I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, everybody said this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. And I'm going to flip back just a little bit, to 1 Corinthians right at the end, which is chapter 16. So it's really just a couple of pages in your Bible. The last chapter of 1 Corinthians. And verse 13. Chapter 16, verse 13. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. And then I would have you look at verse 15. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Everybody said, praise the Lord. I'd like to work this morning on addicted to this ministry. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. I had a man, businessman in town, talk to me. We got into a little bit of a discussion. And being a preacher, usually it's going to come around at some point to something about the Bible or God. And uh, it was interesting because somebody asked him what was the most important thing in life, and of course it came down to God. But there are times when even that can be a little generic. 
You know, it's kind of like saying, what are you going to do today? I'm going to dig a ditch. Well, that's a little generic. I mean, this is a big world. Where are you digging that ditch? How big is that ditch? How long is that ditch? How deep is that ditch? You know, it's somewhere in there, there's got to get a little more exactness. I like what God did. Of course I do. <laughs> I had somebody tell me they were mad at, that they knew somebody that was mad at God. I said, well, that's pretty dumb. And I said, because that's a no-win right there. <laughs> you know, it's like wanting to fight God. You're going you're gonna to get whooped. You might as well just get that straight in your mind. There's, there's no uh, ifs, ands, or buts about that. And being mad at God isn't going to uh, help you or solve anything that you're upset about. It's like um, people, I asked a gentleman, I, this man, this businessman, I, I said, why is a man mad at God? And he said, well, because something happened and he wasn't happy with it. And I'm like, oh, poor little thing. Yeah. Gee, it's not like everything's going to go your way. It's not like the wind is always going to be to your back. You know? Some people want to act so tough, and they can't take the slightest little anything. And uh, so I'm thinking that it's best that we realize that, number one, the enemy... And that's what I asked the man. Why do we always blame, why do people always blame bad things on God? Have you ever heard of the devil? Satan? That old serpent? The accuser of the brethren? I said, he's the one that you might want to look to to hang the, you know, the sign on him that says, you're the bad guy. He's the one that has brought all the ill to this world. He brought all of the sickness and all of the pain and all of the suffering, all of the misunderstandings and all of the negative feelings and the things that you find yourself facing on almost a daily basis. And I would say on a daily basis just to, you know, greater and lesser degree. Sometimes the waves are pretty high. Sometimes they're a little lower. But they have a tendency to crash against us, and they, they are relentless. They're always trying to pull away or take from. The enemy does not come to do anything good. He comes to pluck up what's planted, and he comes to steal, and he comes to kill. And he and hell are never satisfied, nor the grave. And we have certain things in life that we have to contend with. And if you're going to be a contender, and it is written in Jude's writings, small but powerful, and he did say that he felt it was necessary to write to the body of Christ and urge us that we should diligently in a pay-attention way, be about believing in the faith, having faith in the faith, contending earnestly for the faith, contending earnestly, contending powerfully, 
standing up, squaring your shoulders, stealing your mind. Not be a, what the Bible say, like a, a wave that's just knocking to and fro all the time, wavering, not having any firmness to it, not being fixed. David said, my heart is fixed. It's not one day I'm this and the next day I'm that. We're trying to get some steel in us, you know, steel from another world. Not this world. This world's very flimsy. The Bible said this world is going to rock to and fro like a drunken man. It's going to be very unsteady. And it's going to lose its grip because of its overall unbelief in God's Word. Because you know what? This world, this planet, is hanging right where it's at because of God's Word. The authority in His Word. That's one of the things the devil hates is authority. He hates divine authority. He hates control. He doesn't like those things. He rebelled against those things. He got mad at God, and look what it got him. Got him booted right out. And he's still trying to convince, along with the one-third of the unholy angels, the fallen angels, He's still trying to convince them and this poor, hapless world that in the end, he's going to win. He never has won. He has no idea what it means to be a winner. But you know what? It's us who were so blessed and so fortunate to wake up to the truth. The mercy of God did that. The grace of God did that. The grace of God appeared unto us. The light shone out of darkness. We were able to see the light that shines in the face of Jesus Christ. The glory of the glorious gospel. And we got the opportunity, and somehow, somehow, we became that brand plucked out of the fire. We became that individual that was pulled out of the quicksand, the miry clay, the hole that God digged us from. We were just stuck way down in there. We were definitely in over our heads. We didn't have direction. We were wandering stars. And man's rebellion against God's word and God's control and God's authority is what's going to cause them to drop a flame and a fire for all of eternity.
everything's going to be burning up, everything's going to be melting. It's not going to be, it does not paint a pretty picture because it's not pretty what it's painting, what it's showing. When you look all around you, you need to realize how blessed and how fortunate we are to have this ministry. That we're not just, we're not any longer and shouldn't be stumbling around. We should not be confused, mixed up, unhappy or fighting against what is right and correct. Nor should we beat against the air. We should really be aware of our target today and have a, a depth of some wisdom and some understanding. He mentioned a group here, a household of people. And he said, basically he's saying they settled into the work of God, to the church. Hey, nothing matters but the church. You hear me? Nothing matters but the church. Get it straight. Everything else is going to burn up. The elements are going to melt with a fervent heat. The heavens are going to roll together like a scroll. The stars are going to fall like fruit from a tree that's shaken in an untimely season. Every island is going to be moved out of its place. And men, chief men, mighty men, captain men, kings, queens, we're going to pray for death. They're going to pray for the mountains that are moving out of their place to hide them. I've seen people run from God. I've seen people try to hide from God. I've seen people that, that just did not want that light. They did not want that power and authority. The very thing they needed, they ran from it. Got scared of it. He, through his church, he's trying to tell them, I'm here to help you. I'm here to save you. He made it clear. He said, I, I've come to seek and save that which is lost. He said, I didn't come to the righteous. He said, I didn't come to the whole or to them that have no sicknesses. They're not the people I came to. He said, I, I came to the people that are down and out, downtrodden. I came to people that are waking up to their deep need and they respond to my overture. They're responding to my reaching for them. As it is written all day long, he said, figuratively, with outstretched hands, nail-scarred hands at that, trying to pull them to him, beckoning them to come to him. It's going to be those that realize that nothing matters but the church. I uh, endeavoring to try to learn a few snippets in another language. And uh, when the folks tell me, they, I get them to write it down. So 
of just hearing it somehow or another. I go away very confused. And I forget very quickly. So I get them to write it down. And But uh, I'm glad that our God speaks every language. He speaks the language of the heart. He understands the grunts and the groans. He understands all the needs, all the emotions, all the emotions, a, a whole cross-current of emotions that we experience in a very quick period of time. And we have a tendency to, to get all jumbled up. But there is a ministry. I want you to listen to what he said as he went on, therefore seeing, oh, it's wonderful to see. Wherefore, therefore seeing, we have this ministry. Please, see this ministry. See it. He said, if we, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Let me tell you, God's not in the business of dealing with quitters. Okay? God's developing people that have spiritual backbones. People that stand. Isn't that what I read to you? He said, stand fast in the faith. Earnestly contend for the faith. I had a long distance call the other day. The second one from the same individual. Several, several, quite a few states north. And, uh, he said, you know, I I just keep feeling like I I need to call you. I need to, to get closer to you. And I said, all right. It's the same guy that called me two or three weeks ago and out of the clear blue. I hadn't heard from him in a very long time. He said, I've called to apologize. I've called to ask you to forgive me. Okay. Okay. No problem. And uh so he called again. He said, "My," he said, "Here I am thinking." And I kept thinking over and over that I need to call you again. And uh, he said, "All of a sudden, my my son." Now, the last time I saw his son, he was knee high to a grasshopper. And uh, matter of fact, the grasshopper might have been taller. And uh, I asked him. I said, "How is he?" And he said, "Oh, he's doing fine. He's, he's growing up. He's 11 now." And I said, "Wow, time does go by." And he said, uh, yeah, he told me, he said, Dad, he said, you know what? And Dad said, what? He said, I keep thinking about senior pastor and senior sister Peggy. And the guy was like, whoa. And I said, well, maybe you might want to consider that confirmation of what you were thinking that you need to do. And he said, yeah. And uh, so anyway, we wound up talking for quite a length of time. And I remember he brought up some painful things. And uh, I told him, you know, I, I couldn't just let it all go. I said, uh, no matter who it is or what it is or what relationship, I couldn't just let it all go. I said, women endured having people sawn asunder. 
That's in your Bible. If you're not sure of that, it's Hebrews chapter 11. And that they received dead, raised to life again. They wandered in deserts and dens, mountains and caves. The Bible said, of whom the world was not worthy. We can't throw up our hands and quit. Whenever my wife wants to make me squeam, feel squeamish a little bit, she starts telling me about giving birth to a child. And I'm like, stop, stop, Woo! stop. <laughs> Woo! Don't go there. Oh, brother. There's a reason, honey, that I'm not a woman. That, 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 man, I'm I'm from the generation that when you were having the baby, you either went and worked on the new building or you went to the coffee shop. And I don't even drink coffee. You go to the coffee shop. You get whatever you drink and a donut, you know. And uh, they didn't want you in the room in my day. And boy, was I glad. They didn't have to worry about me hanging around. I remember the first, the, the second one, and they were took her in the gurney going down the hallway, and all of a sudden the hand went up, went like that. She was just waving goodbye, and I'm back that way. And I saw the wave, and I was gone. <laughs> oh, brother, back to the building. Got to build a building. Yeah, you you take care of birth and the kid. I'll go build a building. Yeah, every every everybody in their own calling, right? Every man in his own field. <laughs> oh, brother. There's some mighty tough women in your Bible. You know, they didn't quit. They didn't quit. You know, they didn't quit. We uh, we gotta stand fast. It's funny the usage of that word "quit you like men" because that seems like a contradiction, but it's it's really meaning stand like men, show yourself like men, be strong. Get a, grow a backbone. Get some, get some conviction about you, about the things of God, the truth of God. Don't be wishy-washy. Dear God, don't be limp-wristed. You know? Can I tell you the devil wants to rob this world of masculinity? And, and really, don't think that he doesn't want to rob the world of femininity. He wants to take the masculinity from the men. He wants to take the femininity from the women. And he wants to try to put it all together and come up with a hybrid. That's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. We're living in a very, very, very sick world, a very confused world. I was kidding Brother Lewis because I remember when he used to say it. I said, is that confused or confused? Brother, that young man has grown. I thank God for what the church can do for you. I don't know where he's been acquiring that vocabulary from, but he's sure gotten a hold of it. <laughs> it's a joy to just see what God's church produces. 
sons of thunder. Yes, sir. I like to add in there daughters of lightning. Yes, sir. I like to see God's children come to church and the young girls and young women. They they look so Holy Ghost. I call it Holy Ghostal. They're so pretty and they their attire is so feminine and modest. And our young men and those that are growing up to be men, that they're maturing into that calling of God. You know? And they they have a look about them that it's gonna it's somebody said the other day about Sister Mace in describing her as they saw it, and they weren't in the church. And they, they, they've been in this town a long time, and Sister Mace was here a long time, and part of this church from the very beginning. And uh, they said she never changed. You know, church family, people are looking for that. There, there's so much wishy-washy. There's so much flim-flam. There's so much fake and phony. There's so much change, given to change, in our world. And for them to be able to have that kind of focal point, be able to have something that you can fix on, to help you, something that you can more or less work your way towards, a fixed point, a reference point. People need that in this day and age in which we're living, more so than in times before. You need to see somebody putting one foot in front of another day in and day out. You need to see somebody that they're, they're, this month they don't cuss and next month they don't cuss either. You know, that, that there's no filthy communication coming out of their mouth. And that they're, they can, I remember they said about one girl liked a young man in one of our congregations. And there were some other girls and she wanted to get rid of the competition. So she told all those girls that, yeah, yeah, he, he likes me. He touched my bottom. And they all said, no, he didn't. They backed her down because they knew that young man. Thank God for young men that are trying to take the training and the teaching and live according to the Word of God. Seeing we have this ministry. This isn't just any ministry. You know, it's just like that, that ditch. We don't have just a ditch here. God gave to Moses something very exact. And when God got done with it, he said, you see that you build things and do things according to the pattern that I showed you. Don't you go changing it. Don't you go altering it. Don't you go watering it down. Don't you go letting it go this way and let it go. You do it just like I showed you and told you.
Because I'm the Lord thy God, and I change not. I change not. Change not. You know, in this world, there are people that will submit themselves. And again, please listen. When it said, we have received this this mercy and this ministry, and we faint not. He said, but have renounced, renounced, we've forsaken, we've put it, we've even went so far as to say that's no good. We've renounced it. The hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, and boy, we're living in a generation that is given to sneakiness, to guile. Was said of an individual that Jesus was going to save and was drawing him to him. He called him an individual in whom is no guile. There was no sneakiness. There was no darkness. There was no underhand. There was no craftiness in him. Yeah. So because we have this ministry, we faint not. We've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. We don't want nothing to do with deceit but by manifestation or making note of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. We have an effect on people because of what God's given us. When we come in the room, there's a brightness. There's a light that shines from our hearts. It's not anything of us, but it's what God has given us. There was an individual that, because somebody backslid, actually it was a husband, and the, the wife and the nine kids, well, seven kids, other than him made nine, seven kids, all left the work of God, all because the man backslid. He went backwards. He lost his backbone. He lost his conviction. He let other things enter into his mind, his heart. and uh, But he wasn't happy. See, that spirit's never happy just to take the one and he wants to get everybody. You think the devil just wants one tomato? He wants every plant in the garden. And I tried to talk to the girls. There was two girls and they were teenagers. They were actually in our academy way back in the day. And uh, I told him, I said, you should look at him as somebody that's just got the flu. Somebody that's gotten sick. I said, just pray for him. Keep doing right. Well, he got all the family together. and He kept on and 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 kept on. The Bible did say the continual dropping of the water weareth away the rock. Unless that rock is Christ. <laughs> So they, they quit, and they, they got very ugly, and uh, it was a very sad thing to behold and have to contend with and deal with. But you know, somewhere down the road, somewhere down the road, by the grace of God, people do kind of wake up. 
And somebody told me, said, you know that guy? They moved away to another state. But he got back in the church. I said, no, he didn't. They said, what makes you say that? How do you know that? I said, because he didn't call me and repent. That's why. Let me tell you something. You have a pray back through. After you left the church and you put the church and the leadership down, you're going to call back and you're going to ask for forgiveness. You hear me? Because this Holy Ghost is real. This ministry is real. This forgiveness is real. This repentance is real. It's not fake. It's not phony. It's not shallow. This feeling of cleanness is real. This repentance is a godly repentance. It's a sorrow unto repentance. Well, summer's tired, so I guess you all better sit down. Thank you for those that have a little something about you this morning. I worry about some people who can't stand. I think maybe they can't stand, you know. Okay, that's enough of that. Everybody said praise the Lord. So the book said, listen here. The book said, by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience, people are, gonna, are going to feel, I've seen people just run. I've seen them do everything they could to keep God out of the equation when that was the very thing they needed. Divine authority was what they needed. That finger of God that could give the Ten Commandments, that same finger of God that could, the Bible said in the New Testament, has come unto you. That you should recognize that. Be aware of that. Yeah. You don't want to dodge this. Duck from this. Hide from this. People are going to be so convicted and so impenitent, meaning unable to repent because of hardness of heart. Revelation describes it. That they're actually going to pray for death. And honey, death ain't going to bring you anywhere good. The death angel are going to bring you to where and put you in a place where you'll never get out of. And spend all of eternity being tormented, fire and brimstone, and, and memory. It's not where you want to be. The devil wants to make you believe that God's the cause of all your ills and all your problems and all your difficulties. But let's get a little more exact about it, shall we? God said you do it like I said. Don't just say I'm going to go to church. Don't just say, I believe. Believing has a, little, a whole lot more exactness to it. Just like if you're going to dig a ditch or you're going to make a road. You ever read that in the Bible? Whither have you made a road today? Make a road? It's going to be more exact than that. Just like salvation. That's what I told people that try and teach me their language. They're from Bangladesh. They're teaching me Bangali. I'm not a good learner. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying, but I'm not doing very well. But uh, I'm giving myself an F, let me tell you. But they, uh, they speak four languages. And I commended them. 
And uh, she said to me, I had given her a card and invited her to church. She's only been in America three months. And he, I think a little longer, they run the business. And I told him, I said, uh, she said to me, she said, you, you have, I, I know what it was. I told her, he told me, he, I buy these chocolate, you know, uh, things. Uh, the darker the chocolate, the better it's supposed to be, believe it or not, for your blood pressure. I was music to my ears. I like that dark chocolate candy, so I'm getting that Hershey's going like crazy. And they're the only ones that sell it. So I stop there and I buy it and I get some gas and whatever. And uh, so I, he said to me, who's a candy for, your girlfriend or your wife? I said, my wife is my girlfriend. And my girlfriend is my wife. 46 years and four months now. Well, he got so quiet. I wonder why. I couldn't decide whether one week he has one young lady back there with him, the next week he has a different one. So I figured I'd just put him on the spot. So I said, hey, is that the girlfriend or the wife? <laughs> Threw his own words right back at him, you know. <laughs> and so he said, he's pretty smart, though. He said, cousin. I said, oh, But the next week, there was a different young lady, and I said, that's not the cousin, girlfriend or wife. <laughs> he said, wife. Uh-huh. All right. Let's hope so. But anyway, she said, in exactness I'm talking about, she said, um, "You." when I said 46 years and four, she said, oh, you have good religion. I said, no, I have good salvation. Big difference. Religion can be very generic, you know. We need something more specific here. We need, we need something that begins to put definition to it, begins to put length and width and, and depth to it, you know. That's what we need. Believing isn't just, I believe, you know. Take Christ as your personal Savior. I'm trying to talk like Cherry. Accept the Lord. And all of that stuff. All those things that aren't in the Bible. I had a church up in Pahokee that asked me to come one time to explain what we believe. So I took a small contingent from the congregation here and we went up there midweek. And uh, the guy asked me what happened. And I said, what happened is it got too hot for him. I said, too much chapter and verse. Too much subject matter. Too much exactness. They want to they want the general shadows of things. You know, but you know, we have this ministry. We have what Jesus gave to the only church he ever started and built. And he gave his life for that. He gave his life for that. He gave his back to the cat of nine tails. He gave his head to two inch long thorns pressed into his head. He was smitten. He was bruised. He was wounded. Let me read to you from God's Word and see if you, what you think about this. I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 
the Bible said, we then as workers together, everybody said together, with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured or helped thee. Behold, now, right now, is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We are living in the best time because we're living in today. Okay? We're not living under the law. The law has been fulfilled even to the point that it's been done away with. That's chapter and verse. We have this ministry. This ministry is so much better. You know, Moses' face shone from the giving of the law. And they said, put a veil on it. it, it we can't look at that. I tell you, people run from it. But that was less than what we got. The glory that we have today in the, not the Old Testament, but the New Testament. That we've been changed from glory to glory. We've come from faith to faith. And we've got to earnestly contend for this. People will go get jobs. And they'll work real hard. And they'll submit themselves to a boss because they want to maintain their position. They want to get their paycheck and they want to get a raise. Everybody said amen? amen? They'll put up with a lot of stuff, won't you? Don't you? <laughs> Don't you? Never mind somebody else. Don't you? You have rough days on the job. You have days when people rub it wrong for you. You have days when your mind is loaded and you probably get a headache. But the goal at the end of the week is to make it through to, to get the paycheck. Everybody said amen? In the long run, to reap the benefits. We had a woman here that years ago, her husband works at the Bank of Belgrade now. He's He's actually been a president of several banks. He's done a lot of different jobs. And uh, now he's been hired by the Bank of Belgrade. They got a, they got a good man. He's a knowledgeable man. And, uh, but his wife, uh, four kids, four kids. And she put him in the, the church academy. And that was back in the day when I had lost my mind temporarily. You've heard of temporary insanity. I had it. And I tried to make our program evangelistic and let just about anybody come through our academy. And uh, of all the things I lost, it's my mind I missed the most. And thankfully, my mind came back, and <laughs> I quit doing that and started working from within. But uh, she, she was a public school teacher here in town. Yeah. And... Uh, She'd tell us that it was a zoo, and it was crazy, and it was unbelievable. She said, but, I, you know, I'm just trying to live from paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> and that's what a lot of people do. That's how they get through, you know. It's not that you're bad kids, but 
You do create stress. So I'd let you know that. No charge. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I want to go back to where I went to school way long years ago, but they're probably all dead. And I'd love to apologize to them and tell them thank you for putting up with me. <laughs> I really would. <laughs> I promise you. Amen. Well, what I'm saying to you is that people will put up with an awful lot for natural things. But it looks like they'll quit at the drop of a hat over the church. You know? What we have, this ministry, you don't let go of this. Not for anything. Not for anybody. I'm telling you, women endured those that were sawn asunder. People went through an awful lot. We might want to, somebody, I told you the individuals said a lot of things, and I said, how could I do any less? And people endured that kind of thing. Can't be selfish. I can't, I can't do for me and mine and not do for everybody. I've got to think of the flock, the sheep of God. Sir, think of some woman being watching her child or her husband being sawn asunder. She didn't quit. She trusted God. Think of Abraham about to drop the blade on his only son. Counting that God was able to raise that boy up. He had every intention of going through that downward thrust. Until God sent a mighty angel. He couldn't move a muscle. Yeah. Fighting off making that phone call. An 11-year-old kid says, Daddy, you know, I've been thinking. 11 years old? God is trying to get it through to you. You better not move. Don't you move a muscle. Oh, brother. Yeah. Always amazes me that the preacher crawls into a, a prayer closet. I don't know if you've ever been on a ship or any kind of floating device in a storm. I have, and the fare can't compete with it. I've been in planes when they were going through all kinds of turbulence. Sometimes I was piloting them, and sometimes I was strapped in the back. And uh, But I, I was in a, a pretty good-sized boat. Mr. Feld and I were sitting in it. We were being ferried from... I think it was Antigua to St. Martin. And, and uh, I was, uh, was kind of like the two that were getting on the ark. And the, the wife said, Oh, 
40-day cruise. Thank you, honey. I hope it doesn't rain. Hello, that was Noah's Ark they were building on. Wake up. Come on. Get with me here. Okay. Well, I, I got we, we got on that little boat, and we were going to Island Island, and, and brother, there had just been a pretty good-sized storm, and I want you to know, we would go down in that bottom of that swell, and we'd come back, and going down and coming up was what my stomach was thinking. <laughs> Whatever's down there is about to come up, pal. <laughs> and, and I'm like, no way I'm giving it up sitting next to her. Ain't no way. If she can make it through, I can make it through. And by the grace of God, I made it through. I know that guy was looking back at me every once in a while. Yeah. He said, white man, you're a whole lot whiter than I thought you were. <laughs> I was looking very pale. <laughs> and uh, But I thank God I made it. And uh, I'm just saying, you know, we uh, here's the preacher, and he's in the prayer room. You'd be surprised where you can make you a prayer room. And that boat, that big ship is pitching and yawning. And he's in there praying. And I mean the boat is suffering the effects of the storm. He prays until God answers. What's he in there praying about? Is he praying about, well, gee, I wish I had something to eat or, you know, I wish I could have tomorrow off or, you know. No, he's in there praying about the people in the boat. And he comes out of there and it gives them assurances. And he said, everything going to be airing. Everything going to be all right. He said, God's given me all of you. And he gave the number. And he said, but let me tell you, you cannot be saved except you abide with the ship. Nothing matters but the church. Oh, but we get an attack of stupid. We've got a few of them that see the little dinghy boat they're in the midst of a giant storm, and the big ship is suffering the effects of this storm. And they get the bright idea. We're going to sneak over. Pastor won't know. We're going to get in the little dinghy boat. We're going to let ourselves down into the water, and we're going to escape. Escape to what? You're going to leave what in comparison is solid, in comparison is sturdy, is compar in comparison can stand up under the buffeting of the winds and the waves. And at that, it's taken a pretty good beating. You're going to leave? You, what, you escape to what? But you know, I like the church. God's church always has a way by Him, by His Spirit and His grace, of going on. It's going to have its rough places. It's going to have its tough moments. Its metal is going to be tested and tried. 
But it's going to come through, church family. God's going to bring it through. He's been doing it for over 2,000 years now. He's going to keep right on doing it to the first resurrection. You might want to read in Revelation where the beast and the false prophet are going to make war with the saints. I'm not going to go off into different teachings there because, my God, there's some silly nonsense out there. But let me just say to you that all the world is going to think the beast is cool. They're going to they think that's the system. That's what we ought to be with. That's really getting it, man. And they're going to think anybody that ain't with it ain't with it. Mm-hmm. The Bible said that the beast is going to, in making war with the saints, He's going to overcome them. Now, that does not mean that he's going to defeat them spiritually and that he's going to defeat them eternally. Not at all. It just simply means that using his system in this world, he's going to be able to push the church to its limits. And the church is going to be, I read to you, I told you, I quoted to you, that they hid in mountains and dens and caves and the things that happened to them, and of whom the world was not worthy. And of course, the Bible said they were not complete without us. So we've got a part in this, and we're supposed to fit right in there. We're supposed to complete this, because we have this ministry. Because we're the body of Christ. We're the church of the living God. That's what you've come to. An innumerable company of angels. We just don't have that number. Not given to us. But we know Satan in his lying ways and his continual wearing down. He got a third of the heavenly host. But hey, one third from one is leaves two thirds, church family. We're in the majority. And I got news for you. Me and God is a majority. You and God is a majority. Please keep that in mind. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Give God a big hand. Come on. Amen and amen and amen. It's going to take some exactness. It's going to take some specific instruction. It's not going to just be any old way you want to do it. What the old wrestlers called catch as catch can. Just catch it any way you can. It's not going to be that way. It's going to be exact. It's not going to be a contest for It's not going to be you think you could just go escape anywhere and go in any direction and that it'll be the same. It's not going to be the same. You better hear me now. Why, but you watch the church. The storm kept whooping. They kept checking things out until they finally came to a place of unity. They got past the, the fuss and the fight and the nonsense and the stupidity and just the 
enemies stirring up trouble because of flesh. And they, they got to that place. And you know it was a different place. It just, people were different. You know, there's a lot of people out there, church members. They need to be saved. They need to be saved. They need to be, they need this ministry. And it's not going to be half-hearted people that bring it to them. It's going to be addicted people. People that have got to have this ministry. They can't live without it. They don't want to live without it. They're addicted to the ministry of the saints. This is what the saints do. It's in their veins. Good thing about what we're addicted to is it'll save you. It won't destroy you. Yeah, it won't destroy you. The world wants to get you addicted, and what it gets you addicted to will destroy you. Whether short run or long run, it'll do it. Yeah. They came to that odd country, those strange people. And of course, as people will do, they're all mixed up. They took a look at Paul and they thought, man, he's soaking wet. And he had to pretty much float to to shore on a boat on a board from the boat. I guess he was surfing, huh? Hanging pins coming in. And uh so Paul being preacher, we got to have we got to have revival. And he starts getting some dry wood, and that was hard to find because the Bible talks that there was a present rain going on and that it was cold. It must have been it was less than 70 degrees, right? Uh-huh. Well, I figured Paul was from southern uh, Israel because he said, I reckon. So I figured he was used to that warm weather like we are. You know, I tell people I'm not from Florida. I'm from South Florida. So he gets in, he starts trying to find some dry wood, and he's going to make a field of fire. Got to have revival. Got to pull the church together. And out comes a nasty old snake and latches onto his arm. And, of course, the brilliant vanity wall stocked with all kinds of diplomas, people, Say, well, that wasn't a venomous, poisonous viper. That's why he just shook it off. Now, you know, that's a funny thing because that's not what the Bible says. That's just what the commentary says, which is just man's ideas. And the Bible said that the people of the island, you know, the people that live there, People that knew what was going on there. They looked for Paul to fall down dead. Because he got bit by that venomous viper snake. But he didn't fall down dead. He just shook it off. You know the devil thinks that the preacher is just going to roll over and die. 
But he's not. And if he has trouble saying, God will prop him up. He'll give him an errand and a her and hold up his hand. And, and you'll have victory. And being who we are, we do what we do. We have this ministry. We just, like my wife, she says, I, I, I can't go on vacation with you. Because everywhere you go, you preach to people. <laughs> it's in the blood. What can I say? It's just going to happen. And we just laugh about it and go on with business. I was down in the Bahamas, and I went to a restaurant. And uh, there was a lady there. I'll tell you, she could have been a barker at a circus. She had that kind of voice. And uh, and uh, she got to talking. I got to witnessing to her, and oh, she loved it. And Next thing you know, we got all the servers in a circle, along with the owner of the restaurant, and we had prayer with them. You know, we have this ministry. This, this has been committed unto our trust. God's trusting us with his truth and his word. The Bible teaches that Paul shook that viper off. And he said, boy, something good must be about to happen because the enemy's attacking. He's really scared. Next thing you know, they seen Paul not get sick and not fall down. They changed their mind. They said, this guy ain't a bad dude. This guy fell down from the sky. He must be some kind of super dude. I guess his shirt ripped and they saw that big S. I don't know what happened, but they just changed their minds for the good. And they said, our chief is sick of a bloody flux. Whatever that is. Don't sound good, though, does it? Yeah. So, I love it. We have a nurse in the, in the family, and she can't stand the sight of blood. How does that work? How do you be a nurse and you can't stand the sight of blood? The only thing worse than that is to be a doctor and not be able to stand the sight of blood, right? Not worse. Paul marched in there and laid hands on that dude, healed him, and man, it, it just set off a chain reaction in that town, that country, that island. Oh, friend, I'm trying to tell you. You know, all this Tri-City area needs is a line going straight out that door and down the road both ways of people coming in here and God fill them with the Holy Ghost and God heal their bodies. Oh, yeah. Everybody said amen. amen. And they not run from it, not hide from it, but they run to it. Don't, don't run from what you should be running to. <laughs> this will give you balance. This will give you strength. This will give you clarity and insight and direction. You know, when I was a young man, I, I played a lot of sports, and I, I played football. And I remember you'd have to get in your stance, and they'd come by when you wasn't ready, or they came from behind you, and they'd suddenly hit you. They'd try to knock you over. They wanted to see if you had balance in your stance. And uh, don't get upset. When we test your balance, I don't want you going off weird left or weird right. You know, Bible talks about carried about with strange doctrines. You know, I don't want that to happen to you. I don't, you, I don't want you to get caught up in all kinds of weird junk. Everybody said, "Praise the Lord." Praise the Lord. Nobody gets mad at the coach when he does that. Hey, it don't do any good to get mad at the coach, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> only thing you're going to find is a warm seat on the bench. That would be about it. Oh, yeah. I remember one time we were in the huddle, and, and I was given the play, and one of the guys was kind of contrary. And uh, I, I anticipated that he was going to have a criticism. And I said, you do thus and so, and I don't blankety-blankety-blank care what you say. The only thing I didn't know was the coach was in the huddle. That cost me a mile around the track. Of course, I cheated on that and got back. He said, how'd you get back here so fast? <laughs> oh, brother. Was I a devil? You better believe I was. <laughs> and thank God that God cast them devils out of me. Amen. Give God a big hand. Come on. Amen. But we don't talk back to the coach. We take that all out on the preacher. We don't talk back to the boss. We take it all out on the preacher. Everybody, everybody feels that they get so bossy at the church. You know? I think it's because they're so repressed. They can't say anything on the job. They can't say anything on the field. Oh, and the guy told me that he was retiring from one job, but he was keeping his second job because he couldn't stay at home with his wife's mouth all day. So he couldn't say anything at home. They're the ones that want to turn up at church and be the boss. They want to tell the preacher where to head in at. Deacon does not mean boss. It means helper. Everybody ought to be a deacon. Everybody ought to be a helper. Everybody say praise the Lord. Hey, seeing we've received this ministry and we get addicted to this ministry. Yes, sir. I'm going to conclude because I see that clock. It won't stop for me. I've been trying to get it to slow down, but it's not, not working. Eventually, that battery will wear down a little bit and help me out. But anyway, I'm reading in this sixth chapter, and we started to read, and I got going there. But he said, giving no offense in anything that the ministry, the ministry, this ministry, be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves. you got some proving to do. you got some proving to do. you got to prove yourself. This isn't about all mouth, you know. Like a guy, a preacher told me one time, he said he asked somebody if they knew how to box, and the guy said, yeah, I don't have a box, and he picks him some gloves. <laughs> he said, we'll find out if you're mouth or not. Yeah, look out. This isn't about being mouthy. Yeah. But in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God, how do you prove yourself? In patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, even in stripes and imprisonment maybe, in tumults and labors, in watchings and fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, means by real love. That's Holy Ghost love. That's Holy Ghost love. By the word of truth, by the power of God, this is how we approve ourselves. By the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. By honor and dishonor. By evil report and good report. Everybody isn't going to pat you on the back and say what a good person you are. As deceivers, meaning people will call you that, he said, and yet true. As unknown and yet well known. As dying 
and behold, we live as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. We have this ministry. We have this ministry. Let's be addicted to it. Yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Everybody said praise the Lord. You know, the writer talked about going about with the dying of the Lord in our body. We, we have to repent and overcome every day, church family. I know i got to quit. We have to repent and overcome every day. You know, that's why it is good to get up in the morning and, and start the day with prayer. And I'll tell you, even if it's five minutes, I hope, I hope we can do more, but even, even if it's five minutes, just shut that door for five minutes and just talk to him and repent. And overcome by his spirit and his grace and his power. Be addicted to this ministry. I've got to have this. That's another reason it's hard for me to go on vacation. I haven't gone in four years. I tried and I had a hurricane, I had to come home. <laughs> How's that? Okay, God heard you. On the plane now. Bye bye. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Came right on back. <laughs> I didn't need much of a hint, let me tell you. <laughs> I didn't want a strong hint, that's for sure. Amen. Oh, yeah. But uh, I'm just saying that uh, I want to be addicted to this ministry. This ministry. I don't, I don't want the craftiness and the sneakiness and the underhandedness. You know, why lie when you can tell the truth? We're living in a generation, I'm telling you, where people have become very comfortable with lying. It used to be that people lied. They felt conviction. They, they, they didn't, it wasn't a good feeling. And, and they knew it was wrong. But nowadays, people have become very, very comfortable with deception, with lying. Yeah. But I say, why lie when you can tell the truth? But they say, why tell the truth when you can lie? That's pretty much the cavalier statement and feeling and sentiment nowadays. But we have this ministry. We're earnestly contending for the faith. So we don't lie. We don't lie. We manifest the truth. We clearly show the truth. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Give God a big hand. God love your heart. Amen, amen. Amen. Those that are involved with a little singing, come this way. God love your heart. We're glad you're here. Appreciate you. Amen. Let's stand together, shall we? If you stand, it'll help me to quit. <laughs> you don't want me to get wound up and get the second barrel of the shotgun going now, do you? All right. How many singers? AJ, why don't you toddle up here and share that good voice of yours, the one your mama gave you. I told uh, one of our young ladies, I, she's got a million-dollar smile. I said, you owe that smile to your mama. And I said, and I sure hope it didn't cost you that million dollars, it looks like. <laughs> and I checked with her mama. She said, no. <laughs> Thank God, no. Give God a big hand. Come on. <laughs> amen. Amen. And amen. 
Well, well, moms have done a lot, and uh, I'm 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 the one that Dean seems to tell the ones that charged with holding mom's hands up. We got to keep mom going. We got to keep dads going. We got to keep everybody going. Everybody said amen. Because we we want to go forward. We want to go forward. The church has got a ministry to fulfill, a course to run. That's what we've got. And we've got to bear in our body the dying. We've got to show the world that we're dying to sin. We're dying to the things that they revel in and that we used to be a part of. Just like I said, somebody observed and said she never changed. She never changed. People need to see the church that doesn't change, the ministry that doesn't change. In Acts chapter 2, it was repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, every one of you. And it will be for the remission of your sins or the full pardon of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That hasn't changed. We got a bulletin board, a bulletin board. <laughs> we got a billboard down there on uh, Main Street. And it says, Acts 2.38, read and obey. Read and obey. Everywhere we go, we're giving out flyers, and most of us have on the back of the windshield of our cars. We're sending a message. Everywhere we go, we're letting the light shine. And we, wanna, we want people to go to heaven. Let's go to heaven, Belgrade. What do you say? Don't give in to spirits that want you to quit, go over the side, and try to escape to what? You know, following who? You know? Don't do that. Don't do that. Abide with the ship. Stay and bloom where you planted. Work with God's plan in your life to the exactness that he gave it to you in. Amen. I had a man, preacher, and I'm going to let them sing. But I had a man, he was a preacher, and he was kind of between places, and he settled into a good, solid church, and the pastor there had been there a pretty good while. Not as long as I've been here, but a pretty good while. And he, this minister just told me, he said, the pastor asked him, I'm going to give you a list of people. And he said, I want you to look them up. He said, they used to go to church here, and they don't go anymore. And that pastor told me, I mean that, that visiting minister that stayed there for a while told me, he said, when I would find those people, he said, you couldn't believe how down low their lives had gone. How bad. He said, I'm talking bad. That's what he told me. You don't want to get in that little dinghy boat and go out in that storm and escape to what? It's just a trick of the devil. He's just a liar like he's always been and the father of it. He's never going to tell you the truth. He's going to promise you that it's going to be all good and it's going to be anything but. And, and you know, just like the devil caused the first split in heaven, the first split, and it was in heaven, and he convinced with all kinds of craftiness and deceit and subterfuge and got a third of the heavenly host to leave their heavenly estate. Walk out on God. We all say, I'll never do that. Uh -huh. By the grace of God, you won't do that. 
And uh, if you'll bear about in your body the dying, if you'll repent and overcome, and you know when you do that, that's when you're showing people the life of Jesus Christ. That's when you're bearing the life. You're showing them the life. You're showing that I'm the Lord thy God and I change not. And I put that quality in my children. You don't want to find yourself at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. You don't want that. Appreciate what you got, church family. And believe that God's going to bring us through whatever. And he'll bring us to revival. Oh, yes, he will. And there's people that are sick that need to be healed. People that are lost because we said no. People in this Tri-City area that are in great confusion. And we've, we've got the ministry. We don't have generic. We have the ministry. We have the exact word. We have the length, the breadth, the depth. We've got it. God gave it. And he said, you do it just like I show you. You build it just like I show you. You earnestly contend for it. Don't ever let it get away from you. Don't ever let go of you. Everybody said amen. amen. Take a moment. Lift our hearts with our hands and love him. I thank you, Jesus. And I pray you'll keep us all in your holy hand by your great power. Help us, God, to go forward with a repentant life, an overcoming life. Help us to bear about in our bodies the dying of the Lord. Shine forth the life and the light of Jesus Christ. Won't you grant it, God? Won't you grant it?